Hey, Inspired Person, welcome to another episode. All season long, we've been talking about detours, and this episode is no different. What happens when you've worked at your chosen career, but you've hit a ceiling? Not only have you hit the ceiling, but you realize that you're building someone else's empire. That's the story of my friend Shalivia. In this podcast episode, she shares the story of how she decided at a very young age to become a civil engineer, what has helped her to stay the course even in the face of discouragement, and how she became literally the boss. Welcome to the Misadventures of an Inspired Woman podcast. Today, our guest is Shalivia Baptiste. She has more than 15 years of experience in the civil engineering industry. She is a New York and New Jersey licensed professional engineer. She has a bachelor's degree from Polytechnic University and a master's degree from Polytechnic Institute of New York University. Shalivia is also the mom of two boys. She runs her construction management firm with her husband, Rob. Welcome, Shalivia. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We've known each other for a really long time. You're one of my oldest friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I feel like our families have also been connected even before we were connected yes, as well. Yeah, that's right? right. That's right. Yeah, so we found that out over the years. Um, but we both grew up here in Brooklyn. Um, and so Shlivia is someone that I always call upon to, I like showing her, showing her off, I should say. Like oh. if I have an event at work or if I'm doing something, because I feel like when we think about these women that are out here just doing it, right? Like you have all this education, you're juggling marriage and kids and building your own business. And you're a girl that grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I just think that it's really important for people to see that. And I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, Flatbush, Brooklyn is not, it was not the Flatbush, Brooklyn that people know today. Yeah, no. (laughs) So I think you're like, you're, again, you're an inspired woman. You're just a testament of greatness and that greatness can come from anywhere. It doesn't have to look a particular way, you know, that's why I like showing you off. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so uh, the question I kind of always start with is, who is Shalivia? Like, how would you answer that question? Shalivia is a purple lover. Oh, God. Um, start with the purple. <laughs> Y'all don't understand how deep this purple love goes. Yes. Surprised you not wearing purple. Girl, today. I was going to put on my ring, but I didn't. Hmm. It's too late to get it. That's growth. It's <laughs> here for growth. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Shalivia is a purple lover. A purple lover. She's an engineer. She is a Christian. Um she is adventurous. She is uh ah, um she's a mom, she's a wife, she's a boss. And when she says she's a boss, let's explain what that means. You literally are in charge of stuff. You, you're the CEO of your company. I think yes. a lot of people are running around here saying that they're bosses. Girl, everybody's a boss. And I was like, okay, so who did you serve under first? Okay. Okay, okay we're going to talk boss. about okay. that. We're going to okay. talk about that, right? Because anyway, <laughs> there's so much that I want to talk to you about. But I think one of those things is 
the fact that you understand that you do have to serve under somebody and learn from somebody before mm. you can become that person. I think a lot of people try to skip those steps. Yeah. And they're very important to shape, to help you learn, to help you not make the same mistakes over again. Like why reinvent the wheel when you can just improve on it? See, spoken like a true engineer. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you grew up in Brooklyn. Yes. I remember um, you're a few years behind me. So I remember interviewing you for a project I had in college, um, a career thing, article I had to write. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. A long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a few <laughs> no, it really was a long time ago. It was pre-COVID. It was pre-COVID. <laughs> it was AOL days. Like, it was a long time ago. You've always known that you wanted to be an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. Like from an early age, that was something that was important to you. You always said it and you did it. Yeah. Yeah. How did that come about? So it started when I was, I guess, in junior high school and you're getting ready for a high school and you have to pick a high school, obviously. And my dad says, what about engineering? Because I like to take things apart and put things together. So I'm like, okay. So I applied to Lafayette High School and that's where I attended. And I was in the pre-engineering institute. And then from there, it was there that I was introduced to AutoCAD, which I totally loved. At that point, I felt that if I could do AutoCAD for the rest of my life, I would. So from there, I looked into engineering at um, Polytechnic University. That's where I attended college and I was accepted. And I did the civil engineering program. Hold on, I got to backtrack. The kids yeah, because I feel like when you were in high school... I did a program. Oh, <laughs> we have a... We have exactly, a that's guess. the problem. So Upstairs. one of the kids just popped in. And threw my whole... Actually, that's my like, godchild. Hey, godchild. I'm like, how did I get to college? I know you were doing some dope stuff when you were in high school. Yes. So in high school, in my junior year, my counselor told me about this program at Manhattan College. And it was a summer program. And it was there that I learned about the different fields of engineering civil, mechanical, bio, chemistry. And I was kind of torn between being an architect and a civil engineer. And one of the professors there said, why don't you do your bachelor's in civil engineering? And then you can go back and do your master's in architecture. So I, um, I took part of that advice. I did my bachelor's in civil engineering and my master's in civil engineering. So um, I applied to Polytechnic University. I was accepted, and that's where I did my undergraduate study and my um, post-study as well. Now, you wasn't only studying over there. What else happened over there? <laughs> I built a canoe out of concrete. <laughs> so I was part of the American Society of Civil Engineers, and there are two competitions, student competitions, that they usually have every year. One is the concrete canoe competition, and the other one is the steel bridge. And we built a concrete canoe. And I remember, like, all my friends were like, um, concrete doesn't flow. I'm like, yes, it does. With additives, it flows. And we raced it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then you met someone at Polytechnic as well. I met someone at Polytechnic. Um, this, this gentleman by the name of Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you met Robert, you was like, I have this friend. (laughs) (laughs) Called him her friend for a long time. Yeah, Um, yes. You're like, okay. um, And then became engaged to your friend. (laughs) 
are. <laughs> and here you are, two kids yeah. later and a whole company. And a whole company. And we're celebrating 10 years this year. And celebrating 10 years. Yes, it's been 10 years of yeah. year. Time flies. Yes, definitely. So, I mean, I think a lot of people look at folks like you like, okay, she knew what she wanted to do from the very beginning. She set her mind to do it and she just did it, right? Um, what would you say to them? Would you be like, yeah, you're right. For the most part, yes. I know it's not like the ideal. Well, maybe it is the ideal, but for the most part, I knew that I was going to be a civil engineer. And I think that goes back to, so I grew up in church, as you know. And I remember there was one um, youth, was it a youth, not youth retreat. What did we used to have? Youth a rally? Conference. 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 And I remember it was, um, what's the tall guy's name? Um, professor. Professor. professor? <laughs> yes. So Professor was speaking. And I remember distinctly, we were at Woodruff. And he said, there are civil engineers in this room. And I was like, yes, God, that's me. And I've literally, to the T, have hold it, held on to that word. Like in times when studying was hard, when I didn't pass exams, when I had to take exams over again. I'm like, but God, you caught me. So fix this. You caught me. I ain't called me. You said it. So stand behind it. What are we doing? <laughs> right. Right. And I think that speaks to purpose. And when you understand your purpose, difficulties become a little bit more easier to handle. Not easy, but easier. Yeah, because like your vision is, okay, I am meant to do this. So even though it's extremely hard right now and I really want to give up and like throw in a towel, I was built for this. So press, push, take a nap, get up, drink some tea. But push, because you know this is what you're called to do. Yeah, so we know that engineering isn't a field that's just filled with women. No. Have you ever sort of felt that and what that means? Yes. So in my graduating class, and this is after both campuses merged, so there was a Brooklyn campus on the, and the Long Island campus. After the two campuses merged, I want to say there was probably six females in the civil engineering graduating class. Wow. Yeah. Out of? Uh, maybe like, how much of us was it? 40? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Women in engineering is, it's, it's not a traditionally female-dominated industry. It's male-dominated. So I've always experienced sometimes being the only female in class being the only African-American female in class and even graduating and going out to work. I've been sometimes the only female in the field and you're surrounded by males. I'm like, oh, so who is, who's actually the boss? No, you're looking at her. So you would be in the field and people would assume that your male colleagues would be the ones in charge and it wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it tells you where we are as an industry. I mean, we're still progressing in the right direction. And it's very critical to let our young girls know that there is room for you in engineering. So it's, it's, it's a day-by-day, step-by-step process. But yeah, 
those are the things I experienced. I've had male, um, uh, male employees. Well, not employees. That's not the right word. Colleagues. Colleagues, male colleagues that would question my decision, my thought process, and then they will go to a male colleague and they say the same thing. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I said that 10 minutes ago. So can you get it done now? (laughs) Because also, and that's just like so weird to hear, right? Because knowing you, like you're a very precise person, like you, you're very on point when it comes to things. So if you say something is so it is so yeah 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 but some i guess it's it's a gender thing mm-hmm. no way she knows what she's talking about yeah i do yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i think that sort of brings us to what i think is the detour like we were talking about this the other night where like you were you secured the job, you've had internships, you secured the job and then i feel like multiple times you you came to this crossroad Yes. So it's always the thought, okay, so when am I going to do it for myself? But obviously you don't go to school, get your license, and then suddenly you're working for yourself. You have to serve. You have to work under someone. You have to learn. And I did that at a private engineering firm out of Long Island. Did that for about, I want to say, 12 years. I feel like I always mix that number up, but it's about 12 years. And it was during that time that I realized that I had gotten to as far as I could get in that company. There was like really nowhere else to go. I was an associate and that was it. I'm like, okay, well. What were those things? Because I feel like even before you became associate, there was an issue. Yeah. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, well, so I had, I had, I had baby number one and Everything was great and well. They were very accommodating. And then I think by the time I had baby number two, I feel like during that time when I was on maternity leave, like there was a shift in whatever was happening in the organization. So it was suddenly, I remember in particular, I was scheduled to take vacation for a week. I was going to a wedding away overseas and they said to me, um, no, you don't have any time. I'm like, well, I'm already, I already have my, uh, I put in the time. I already have my tickets. I'm going. And they're like, oh, well, we're not going to pay you for it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then like when I got back, literally that Monday, they're like, oh, you do have the time now. So they just didn't want to pay me for it, which is fine. It's like, okay, well, keep the weeks. That's all right. I'm not doing it for money anyway. So it's okay. I'm going to be okay. So things like that started to like push and edge me. There were like times even where leadership would almost kind of sort of stifle a little bit. Like you have to do it this way. It has to be this. It has to be that. And it's just like, but you're not even here. I'm here. You're not in the office. So we understand what's happening with the client, with the project. And then I think I just got to the point where it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I building your empire and you're not concerned about anybody else but yourself? Okay. Can we talk a little bit about the shift that you possibly had to take when you became a new mom in terms of the time you spent at the office or what 
people were sort of expecting of you? So it's interesting you ask that question because it's something that I did that I would never do again. So I literally had my first son, um, I forget what day it was, but that Monday after, like I brought my computer home and I was working. And my mom, of course, she had a fit. You know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Her mom is but- daddy and that's what that accent was. <laughs> <laughs> but... I guess I just love what I do. So it's like, okay, I can, I can get into this again, but it's like mentally, physically, it's like you just had a baby and you know, they say sleep when the baby sleeps. So obviously when he was sleeping, I was working. So (laughs) where was I sleeping? And by baby number two, I realized, yeah, don't ever do that again. Mm. Like I'll be gone for X amount of time and I'll see you guys at, at, at that time. So that's something that I learned the hard way. I mean, I look back and if I could change it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring that computer home so soon. <laughs> it was literally a day. Like, it wasn't a weekend. Did you feel pressure to prove that you could still perform at the level that you did before the baby? Um, I, perhaps there was a little pressure because I guess, and that could be, some of that pressure could have been me too, because I just don't like to leave things like undone. Like if I said, I'm going to do it, like this plan's going to get approved. Yeah. I'm going to make sure it's approved. So maybe I should have kind of delegated or relinquished some of that control. Like, okay, so we're going to have to have so-and-so take care of this. I'm open to reviewing it before it's submitted, but it's not something that I could take to from start to finish. And so you you didn't go from, okay, I work for these people to I quit. I have a whole empire over here. (laughs) No, not at all. What was that? First of all, how did you start your company? So funny enough, it was a conversation with my now husband, Robert. Um, This was like many years ago. We had talked about starting a business. Like my goal has always been to get to the point where I can go overseas and develop undeveloped countries. That's been like my, my lifetime goal. So we're still, we're still heading towards that philanthropy. We're we're heading towards that. Um, so from that conversation, you know, we started to put things together because he's, he's into, he's in construction. He's a construction manager and he works for several organizations over the years. And, um, my focus is more site civil so we came together and we're like, okay, we're going to do this. So, I mean, it, it start, it's like one step. You, you choose the name and then you decide on your, your so goals. So were y'all dating when y'all started the company? We were. We were. And what was like... <laughs> so, so, so you know me. I'm like really precise cut. This is what it is. So like even in like our organization of it, it's like, okay, so... Even if the relationship doesn't work, like we will continue to perform as business partners. We will be professional. Da, da, da. That was like literally in it. <laughs> this is good. This is, I feel like people, you know, people are dating people and you sort of think you see how your visions align. And I think mm-hmm. I just remembered something as you talked about what you, anyway. Ooh. Well, but I, don't know. I think people think their visions align. Um, <laughs> And they're like, oh, we should do this together. And they don't put in the safeguard mm-hmm. in case it doesn't. I think that was good. Even at the point where you were dating, you were like, 
this is what it's going to need to be in terms of the business. Right. Right. It's so funny. I look back at that and I laugh. You sound like, this guy sound like, this girl is crazy. But I love her. <laughs> That's always been evident. I think sometimes you, um, your friend is dating someone and you might not get along with them or you're like, mm, I don't know. I think regardless of whatever and I, whatever happened or wouldn't have happened. Like, I was like, this is a cool person. I liked him a lot. I think we instantaneously liked each other. Yeah, you guys, like, clicked instantly. It's like, okay, well, see who team you're on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was interesting, too. Oh, God, we might have to edit this. Oh. <laughs> but no, just, like, instantaneously, we got along from mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, and that, to me... I think as you grow older, you realize like how important that is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like your friends have like sensors because they know you and they're kind of like, they could kind of like feel out like, hmm, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think this is, this can work. So it's important. It's also important to have like a good group around you. Like don't try to be an island out there, people. No. Yeah, that doesn't work. So I think definitely, I was like, this guy, I like him. And he took my crap. Like, I talk a lot of crap. (laughs) (laughs) He just took it. He just look at me and laugh. Um, I feel like he still does that. (laughs) But so y'all, y'all decided, okay, this is the company. And Mm -hmm. at the time it was your maiden name and his name. Yes. Leland Baptiste. Yes. And so y'all started out small yeah two of us that's it yeah and um so obviously we're both well I guess it's not obviously but we're both African-American we're both minorities so part of our journey was trying to get a seat at the table so there's something that's called MWBE so it's minority woman owned business enterprise and that certification a lot allows you to bid on more projects publicly because the contracts are written where there's a percentage that the larger organizations and firms have to meet. So that was a big thing for us. But um, about when we started, it was kind of like a catch-22 because you needed work to be certified and you needed to be certified to get work. So mm. that was like hard to maneuver until finally we we're like, okay, we figured it out. <laughs> And then to be clear, like y'all started the company and started bidding on contracts, but you both were still working your your full-time jobs. Yes, we both were still working our full-time job. I was still with the engineering firm. Robert was still with the construction firm. Okay. And I think it was, so we started in 2008, maybe it was 2011. Yeah, maybe 2010, 11. Then that's when Robert transitioned fully into the business. Okay. Yeah. And Robert transitioned fully into the business. And then what was the last straw for you? What was the thing that you was like, okay, I'm out? The last straw. I think I think I started it started to build up. So I attended this convention. It was women construction owners and executives. This was in March, I remember, because Liam is born in March. It's my younger guy. And I, it was the first time I went away without him. 
And I attended this convention and it's just, you know, you're surrounded by women and they're in construction and there's different workshops and sessions of empowerment and you need to succeed and be successful. And this was in DC. And I remember on the train ride coming back, I called Robert and I'm like, I'm going to be out of there by the summer. He's like, that's abrupt. <laughs> I'm like, no, I need to, I need to build, we need, I need to build us. Us meaning our business. And I think I, that was the beginning for me. So from there, it was just, okay, so we just kind of let this play out and see mm-hmm. how this goes. So I think it started there. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to know that like, Shalivia is like of the two, like she, yes, yeah, she's on top of stuff. She's very like, you're very passionate. Rob is more laid back. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think Rob processes things a lot more before taking the step, but you're more adventurous as you described. So you're like, okay, let's go. Yeah. And he's like, well, well hold on. Why don't you... <laughs> now I'm going to be out by summer. <laughs> like this summer? Yeah, this summer. <laughs> you have a plan? No. <laughs> <laughs> but we're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I did it. I was, I was out that August. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the situation from my, just like talking to you, the situation was getting more and more difficult for you to operate in, in that environment. Yes, it was, it was, it was a little crazy town. It's just like, okay, so you're not here. I'm here. I'm handling the work, but you have a problem with that. But you're not here. So who's going to do it? And but I'm some, here. And but somehow you found a way to gracefully exit the situation. Like yes. you still left on good terms. Even Of though- course. Grace is very important in every aspect of your life. It wasn't like, well, I'm out of here. No, it was, I prepared a letter. Thanked everyone for investing in me because they invested in me. I mean, over all these years, thank you for all that I've learned. And at this point, I don't think there's much more growth for me. I've kind of hit it. Like at that firm, I was the first one to obtain my professional engineering license. And, um, but yeah, I was the first one to um, obtain my license. And like, even with that, I was still, I feel like I was being overlooked. Mm-hmm. Like there was an individual that that was a go-to. And I just realized, okay, so there's no room here to grow. So thank you. And whatever I can do to make this transition smooth, I am available. If more time is needed beyond that, I am here. And yeah, there's no need to leave on bad terms because I think over time we, we became work family. So it's like, okay, so you saw me get married. You saw me have first child, second child. I mean, we've been through different, I guess, life events. Right. At this table. So I'm going to leave. Yeah. And I'm wishing you well. Yeah. I'm not leaving with an attitude. And I'm wishing you well because I want you to grow. I want to still see you grow. I still want to see your name on projects. I still want you to expand. So what did that mean? You leaving that way, did that translate into anything later on? 
Um, it's it's interesting. This story. <laughs> Stop this telling story, a pretty like, story. What um, happened? <laughs> it, it, the story it got it got crazy real quick. Like looking back, so like literally a year later, things at that organization shifted dramatically. And it was almost like, what is happening? And then unfortunately, beyond that, so my boss passed away. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, whoa, whoa. But he was he he had gotten really sick. Right. And I think that started, I think that sickness really hit him hard when I was on maternity leave with the second. So I don't know if that was part of the hold on control. Like, mm-hmm. no, I can't let you do this. I have to be in control. I have to check this. I have to have the final say. If that was something he was dealing with internally. But, you know, I look back and I'm grateful for everything that I learned from him. Cause sometimes I still find myself like even correcting things like him mm. <laughs> like no this is no if it doesn't I remember something he used to say if it doesn't look right it's probably not right <laughs> right <laughs> so it, it's funny to see that some of the things that he taught me I still apply it and I hope to instill that in others so his legacy is is still living on even though he's no longer with us yeah I think it's really important that you were able to not internalize what was taking place around you to have it mean that it was something about you that was creating this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I was evolving. And I think, I think that's really important because sometimes there are things that's happening around us and it's affecting us, but it's not us. Mm-hmm. 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 And I think when we think it's us, that's where sort of like the bitterness and the anger and the resentment sort of builds up. <laughs> Because then we can kind of go into that negative self-talk. And it's just, it's just a bad cycle that starts from there, I think. Yeah, you're right. Right? So now, I know two years ago, we celebrated 10 years of the business. Yes. And that means that it went from just you and Rob to how many employees? Tell us about that. So... So over the years, we've um, grown. We've um, had the opportunity to work on some really amazing projects. And right now, I think we're at a count of about 28, 28 employees. So we're doing good. Um, thank God. I mean, even in light of the whole COVID situation, God has been faithful. And um, we, we have been able to keep everyone employed, which was our goal. And we just kind of take it step by step, day by day. I mean, as information breaks from our governor and even from government, you just have to pivot and adjust, but we're doing good. That's good. Tell us about some of the projects and contracts you've gotten. So um, some of the projects we worked on, um, had the privilege to work on, um, disaster recovery work post-Sandy, build it back. We did work on the Shirley Chisholm State Park, the first state park in Brooklyn, and um, we are gearing up to do some work at JFK. So that's going to be exciting, which is probably going to go on for a little while. So looking to grow there too. Do you ever look and be like, wow. Yes. It's like, okay, whose life is this? 
like, wow, like, okay, you're really doing it. Like, because sometimes it's so easy to like get down yourself. Like you should be doing more. You should be doing more. And it's interesting, like during this whole COVID time, I said, you know what, at the end of how many weeks, I want to look back and see how much things did you get accomplished? Like how many new things did you do? And I think sometimes you have to just sit still and look back and see how far you've come and how many blessings have been bestowed upon you and not worry about what's not going right, what you don't have yet, but be grateful for what you do have and how you got here and how you can inspire others. Yeah, I think I think that's really dope. I mean, you went from building concrete <laughs> canoes. Canoes to build in the park. I'm gonna tell everybody you built the park. <laughs> Come on, gonna be like, yeah, not so quiet, so much. She built the park by herself. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move to the lightning round now. Lightning round. Um, so I feel like I've been doing this, and people have been preparing themselves for this, but. I honestly have been trying and I, I would still be stumped like, okay, good. So the lightning round, I'm going to ask you a bunch of random questions and you just don't think about it. Just answer. Okay. Okay. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, see, this is one of them. I was like, I don't know. Um, I can have a superpower. Um, to, I guess, Come on, come on. I know. It's just like, pick you know, one. Just pick one. Um, if I could superpower, I guess, just to invent, invent things, invent solutions. The one you already have. Solution. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Oh, I already know the answer to this question. What's your favorite color? Purple. <laughs> your favorite dessert? I think it's like, so... A half fudge sundae, but not like with bananas and all that. So it's ice cream, Oreos, and then like fudge. Okay. Celebrity crush. Boris Kojo. Oh, it's changed. Um. <laughs> hey, how the world is. <laughs> Major any. <laughs> One day if it's the bald head. Anyway. It oh. is. I think he looked like very close to my husband. Like he did, yeah. 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 <laughs> Dream vacation. Dream vacation. France. Okay. That took French so long. Like, and you were going to. I was going to remember I was going to marry a French man. But he was going to be from Australia. Yeah, but see, I got close because the, the, the surname is a common French name, even though he's not from France. Okay. <laughs> Um, your guilty pleasure? Um, I think desserts. Okay. Favorite yeah. thing to do that you haven't done in a while? Interesting enough, play the violin. Ah, you haven't picked it up in a while. Girl, I don't even think my kids know I could play a song. They don't. No. They know it exists because like they take it and play, but they don't know that like I can play. Wow. I know. Shame. I got to do better. I'm yes. going to order some strings on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, thank you for sharing thank with us. Thank you, Dr. Keisha. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us on another misadventure of an inspired woman. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. Follow me on Instagram at dr underscore k-e-i-s-h-a. Check out my blog at www.drkeisha.nyc. I'm so glad you're a part of our community of goal getters. And if you were inspired or encouraged by anything you heard on this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Please share it with someone else. And as always, be intentional.